You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. But today we are joined with the true cute one. We have Ryan Sicklesteel with us today. Hi. Hey. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm so excited. So we're here today to talk about the holiday. Now, it has been a journey to get here today. (laughs) I, last episode, said that I felt like I was on the front end of the flu. I am now on the back side of the flu. You know, I have a fun little thing. My voice is much better. I did sound like I was, like, calling in from the beyond earlier in the week. But I do have this fun thing where I start coughing to the point of gagging. So... Patreon cuties, you're in for a real treat today. Love. (laughs) And then you got me sick through Zoom, and I sounded (laughs) terrible. I sound okay now, but that's because I drank two hot toddies today. So it will still be unhinged. God knows what this episode will be, but we're here. I'm queer. Get used to it. All right. Same, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's jump right in. I love the holiday. It's one that I watch every year. There's something that happens when we record this podcast that I start to realize how fucking long some of these movies are. So long. Can I just say two hours and 15 (laughs) minutes is too long? The amount of times that I've watched this, which has been actually first watched about four years ago. And it's one of those movies where I think like, okay, it's wrapping up. It's about to be done. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I forgot about this plot line (laughs) that we're following and it's still going. Still going. This was a movie I had to pause every five minutes to see how much was left, and it was still more than half every single time. Because I watched this movie once in my life when it first came out, and I hated it. So then I was nervous about rewatching it for the podcast because you'll remember the last movie I remembered hating that I watched for the podcast was Almost Famous, and I will rather be boiled alive than to watch Almost Famous again. But this movie, I really did enjoy watching this time. However, I'm never going to watch it again. It doesn't need to be two hours and 15 minutes. No. As much (laughs) as I love looking at Jude Law, he's not in it enough for uh, to be that long. I'm glad to hear, Donnie, that you did like it this time around. I was very, very worried by some of the early text messages I received. Lots of threats as soon as you figured out how long it was. A lot of um, angry words, shall we say. But I do have to say, if you cuties listening, if you don't like this movie, may I suggest looking at it like a psychological thriller? Because our (laughs) friend Hannah Brown from the You Know You Love Us podcast posted an article about a disturbing fan theory. (laughs) So listen to this. Kate Winslet and Jude Law are laying a trap where he will seduce Cameron Diaz, marry her, kill her, and inherit her fortune. He's already done it before. He murdered his first wife, and that's how he got the house. Now, did this theory come out after this past White Lotus finale? Or? Perhaps. I think that a lot of people were feeling inspired. I do like that approach, though. <laughs> yeah, and I will say I would have watched two and a half hours of that movie. I mean, I did watch two and a half hours of this movie, but I would have been happier to watch that one. <laughs> you know what's so messed up, and I think just a side effect of my broken brain? I will complain, like I just have for the past five minutes, about a movie being two hours long, but I will binge eight episodes, like eight hour long episodes of a mini series, like no problem in a day. Because I feel like when you're watching a, a movie this long, you're being blue balled for two hours and 15 <laughs> minutes. So whereas when you're watching these like episodes, I'm binging uh, Wednesday right now, I'm a little behind, but Obsessed, every hour, yeah. you know, I get to have my little climax moment. I'm good. And then I get to do it all over again yes. rather than having to wait for two and a half hours. So this is completely understandable. I agree. When you binge a series, even if you binge like an old show that's 22 episodes long, you still get like a start and an end every 42 minutes. Whereas this, you have to wait two and a half hours for the end. And for this movie, I'll tell you later, but I'll tell you now, nothing happens. So so why are we spending two and a half hours just for them to realize they're okay falling in love? I can't. I like that you say nothing happens because, again, I've watched this movie multiple times, but never to full completion from start to end in one sitting. I've seen the whole movie, but very different Uh parts of viewing. 
and it reminds me of like a glorified YouTube ambiance background. <laughs> like it, it is the best like comfort movie, winter yes. blanket, but I'm like, it's just not much substance. Yeah. So let's jump in. So the holiday premiered in New York City on November 29th, 2006, before it was theatrically released in Ooh. the United Kingdom and the United States on December 8th, 2006. Now I'm saying December 6th. Well, it came out in December at some time. It was a Friday. <laughs> I'm mad I missed the Hottie Toddy memo. I want to be on this level. She's not, though. <laughs> I'm on the Dayquil buzz. <laughs> yeah. Whatever floats your boat. I Want to Love You by Akon featuring Snoop Dogg was at the top of the music charts. On TV, Fear Factor aired its last episode. The Nintendo Wii was released in Europe. And only a few months earlier, Steve Irwin was murdered by a stingray. <laughs> oh, my God. Dark way to end it. Yeah. In college, I could have swore Bindi Irwin was behind it. Well, she's your nemesis, right? For that reason, yeah. Wait, can I have the TLDR on? on this? <laughs> yeah. Basically, I thought Bindi wasn't really famous until her father was murdered by that stingray. And then suddenly her whole career was about how much she missed him. And she was an animal humanitarian or whatever they're called. But she was there the day that he was killed by the stingray. And this man wrestled alligators. He, like, strangled giraffes. And he never died until he held a stingray. Oh, please. I want to pause and focus on Strangle Giraffe. I love Thank that Thank you, one. Ryan. Yeah. Wait, wasn't Bindi like, what, 10 at the time? Mm-hmm. Bindi, if you're listening, I do not agree. Yeah. <laughs> I do not co-sign this theory. Yes. Donnie, every single week you horrify me. And I knew your beef with Bindi Irwin. I don't think I ever knew why. Oh, yeah. I would get drunk in college and just yell like, she's a cash mule. <laughs> so you took a story about a Poor 10-year-old girl. Not poor, because she got money from this. She is in her bag now. (laughs) Witnessing the tragic death of her father, and you thought, ooh, she did it on purpose. Jesus. I'm going to make this a drunken bit. I've got to have a brand, and this is how it starts. (laughs) F Mindy. Wow. A lot to unpack there. I am the cute one is now looking for sponsors. If you have a business you'd like to promote, email I am the cute one podcast at gmail.com to inquire about rates and packages. So 2006 was quite a time to be alive. I mean, not for Steve Irwin, but for the rest of us. And this was also like this magical short lived era where Jack Black was a legit romantic leading man. Mm-hmm. I. Love him. I really do. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. Before this, I did type, why did Jack Black get cast in this movie? <laughs> you still can. I saw that Nancy Myers like really liked him in School of Rock, and that is kind of the only reason I could find. I, it's, it's almost like a like a farce to me that he's one of the love interests. You go from Jude Law to Jack Black and beauty's in the eye of the beholder and everyone has their own type, but I do not want to watch Jack Black for two hours and 15 minutes. Whoever his agent was at the time, like really did some (laughs) things. The OG Chris Jenner. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Yes. He considers this, I found when I was researching trivia, he considers this his greatest work. And I don't know why, because it's just the same role he plays in literally everything else. This is Mm -hmm. a school of rock performance. It's not his I Still Know What You Did last summer performance, but that's because he wore dreadlocks and, like, was problematic in it. <laughs> so oh God, I've never seen this. Terrible. This is the <laughs> other role he plays, and it's just the same old thing every time. However, Jumanji is the top of his career. I would say yes. that is his greatest work. Oscars all around. Well, just for him. But <laughs> Donnie, do you have any background or trivia for us? Yeah. So it was written and directed by Nancy Myers, who also wrote and directed Private Benjamin, Baby Boom, Father of the Bride, The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan, and It's Complicated. The budget for the movie was $85 million to make, and it made $206 million worldwide. So a nice little budget there. And for whatever reason, I don't know it, there were no taglines for this movie. Whoa. Yeah. The writers went on strike after they had to write <laughs> a thousand pages. It was like a Harry Potter novel. <laughs> the script. Yeah. And that was around the writer's strike time too, oh, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 Chelsea just stumbled on truth. Our idiot savant. Yeah. Broken <laughs> clocks write twice a day, I hear. 
So before we get into our one-minute synopsis, I want to know what character does everybody identify? I would say Cameron Diaz because I would also drop everything to be in a little cabin with Jude Law in the middle of wintry <laughs> England. And But then, you know, when she has the two kids come up, then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can relate to you anymore. <laughs> That's just me. So then I'll jump off of that, Ryan, because I think I am Jude Law's daughters in this. Because they force Cameron Diaz to do what they want her to do. They're annoyed she brought a gift for her father. And when she's like, I have wine, but you can have the rest. They're pissed that it's not all for them. And they want her to have a sleepover. And they're nosy. All of those are just me. Ding, 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 ding. The character I want to avoid. Got it. (laughs) And that does track because I said I'm Jude Law because I also am a walking red flag. And also, I have two daughters who terrorize my life. And also, a third daughter, Donnie Hadfield-Smith, who terrorizes my life on a weekly basis on this very podcast. Hi. So now is the time. Can you give us a one-minute synopsis of this film? Yeah, I'm going to do like a stream of consciousness of what I thought when I first watched this movie, if that works. Take it away, yeah. Yeah. So Charlie's angel is pissed at her job. She needs to go away. She uses AIM, meets a stranger, ends up with the girl that like kicked Jack off of the floating door (laughs) in Titanic. They switch places, which is so sketchy. John Krasinski, the love of my life, improves this and needs to be in this feature more. Mm -hmm. And uh, they end up switching places. She falls in love with Jude Law. He falls in love with Jack Black somehow. And then the most important part of the movie is when uh, Miss Charlie's Angel makes the most like dramatic re-entrance into the movie is when she's sitting at the bar and Miss Imogen Heap is playing in the background and sings her, so let go, so let go. And that's usually in the point in the film where I fall asleep and then I wake up and the credits are rolling. So that's my version of the holiday. (laughs) I love it. Well, in your defense, if you fall asleep at that point in the movie, you have already watched an entire movie. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And you didn't miss much else. No, it's the children come in and that's the part where I I choose not to subscribe. (laughs) No. (laughs) And have to bounce. Well, I think you pretty much nailed it. it. Our movie opens with Jack Black playing a little ditty as he does on the piano while we learn all about the different types of love. Long time love, falling out of love, finding love in a bar with Jude Law, and poor, pathetic love. (laughs) So speaking of pathetic, in a plot line right out of love, actually, Iris is in tears in the middle of her holiday party as she pines over a real-life goblin man, Jasper, who is her unavailable co-worker slash ex-lover. And after being a little stinker and getting him an embarrassingly thoughtful Christmas gift, Iris is publicly humiliated as her boss announces Jasper's engagement. Woof. Pathetic. Just pathetic. <laughs> I'm listening, but I'm in my head because I'm like, oh, I just kind of like re-entered the dating scene. And I'm like, oh, am I going to enter this just to have like my boss be like, oh, and the guy you're dating is now engaged to someone else. Good luck and uh, start all over again. <laughs> Brutal. Like if that was me, I'd be like, and here's my two weeks notice. Please. Goodbye. And Jasper knew what he was doing because as soon as he came out of her office, he like made a beeline to make an entrance in the front. What was the gift that she got him again? Like some sort of book that he really liked. Okay, wait, I think I did read that in my theories and that's supposed to, like that book basically tells the story of Kate Winslet's POV in this movie. So look look more into that. (laughs) We don't do that here, Ryan, but (laughs) the cuties can do it themselves. (laughs) Yeah, we love when a guest comes with background (laughs) knowledge because we certainly fucking don't. Again, I I can't remember the whole movie, so I had to come with some other (laughs) tips. Love it. Thank you. So meanwhile in LA, busy businesswoman Amanda is throwing shoes and punches at her soon-to-be ex-boyfriend who boinked his receptionist. (laughs) Instead of having sex, Amanda sleeps with her Blackberry. Instead of crying, Amanda experiences esophageal spasms And instead of processing her emotions, Amanda imagines her life is a Hollywood movie trailer. She decides she wants to read a book, not look haggard, and eat carbs without wanting to kill herself. She needs a vacation. Now, wait a second, because I have a problem with this fucking little vacation she takes, because (laughs) when she's like, all right, we're getting time off, her two employees are like, you always say this is the busiest time of the year. But now that corporate wants to change the rules, now it's fine. Like, she can go scrooging these people for five years, but now that she wants to go to the other side of the pond just because her boyfriend is dipping his wang doodle into lady ponds i just can't like is it the busiest time of season or not well i guess it depends if she's letting them have a vacation too or if she's like toodles now you guys can hold down the fort without me and do my portion of the workload too oh no i think they all get time off but 
It's because she wanted it. Oh, beyond. Mama Mama called the shots <laughs> and said, oh, wait, now I need my dick appointment across the pond while, as you said, to quote you, Wang Goodle is in Lady Pond. <laughs> Gotta go to a different side of the pond. So, no, I'm, I'm Team Cameron here. You said it's her employees. It's right. If I want to keep John Krasinski busy, I will keep him busy. I would have built a studio in my house, too, if it meant having Jim Halpert, you know, next to my bedroom all day, every day. I knew I was going to like you. I, knew <laughs> I find Jim Halpert adorable. However, I was more excited to have Katherine Hahn as an employee. I would just make her do character voices all day. Isn't it kind of fucked up that the like central thesis of this movie is that you shouldn't be the best friend. You should be the leading lady when there's a character actress in this movie who's like literally made a career out of being the best friend. Oh, interesting. Like, so rude yeah. to her. Just a backhanded compliment. I had it later when that comes up in the plot, but I'll talk about it now. I think in my life that I am not the leading lady. Like, I think I'm the best friend in someone else's story, but I'm fine with that because I would rather be a Judy Greer and a Katherine Hahn in someone else's story than like a, I don't know, who's a flop. Even in your own life, you feel this way? Yeah. Donnie, you just publicly started a feud with Bindi Irwin in which you accused her of murdering her father. I think that's some main character energy if I had to like drill no, down. because how can I be redeemed, Chelsea? Nobody wants me to win after that. So as a best friend, it's like quirky and fun. But if I'm the lead in that story, then they're like, oh, boo, hiss, this girl. You don't think? Maybe you're Wednesday Adams. Oh. You know? Main right. character with a tinge of sociopath tendencies. You <laughs> yeah. know? We're still rooting for you, but we're also a little scared. All right, I'll accept that. I love that Bindi Irwin is the now the main character in real life. <laughs> and of this podcast. <laughs> like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. (laughs) Now, before we had Airbnb, we had strangers on the internet. So Amanda hops onto Google and arranges a house swap with a literal stranger Mm -hmm. and none other than our resident sad sack, Iris, who is literally sniffing <laughs> gas from her stovetop when she gets Amanda's message. Dark. That is sick. <laughs> That's some people's Christmas, though. <laughs> and what if Cameron Diaz wouldn't have sent her that email right then? This would have been a, a lot shorter of a movie. Jesus. But I do have trivia about this house switching business. A few months after the movie came out, the popularity of house swapping was on the rise so much that the police in England had to issue a warning because so much... <laughs> This is dark as well. So much identity theft and murder was happening because of it. Damn it, Nancy Myers, getting people killed out there. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why there's no sequel yet, I guess. (laughs) If I can't play Sims and do Find My Friend where I see every little move that you're doing, like, I'm not going to be okay knowing that you're not okay or pretending that you're not okay. Not at all. No. (laughs) Imagine your friend who is like, going through the most right now, telling you that they're going to go to a different continent for two weeks to stay in a stranger's home. And sniff the gasoline (laughs) on the oven. (laughs) I'm like, girly, I will help you find a therapist. Psychology.com. It's a lot easier. Now, in this little scenario, Iris gets a Hollywood mansion and Amanda gets to like basically live inside of a Hallmark card. Mm -hmm. I can't help but think of whatever unlucky person wanted to swap with me only to find out that like, Oh, by the way, you need to replace the furnace, the water heater, get all the pipes up to code, like enjoy your stay. Make sure you don't run the dishwasher and the microwave at the same time. All the lights will go out. Toodles. Live, laugh, love. My house, they would have to be careful of the fat hole in the couch because my husband and I are both sizable men and we always sit in the same spot on the couch so that like the springs and stuff have molded around us. So now when people not the same shape as us sit, they're like, "Oh, oh my God, like Sorry, that's the fat hole. Just move over a little bit. I am becoming more and more like my mother every day and realizing how painfully OCD I am. And I'm like, if anyone were to switch Mm. to me, I'd be like, enjoy your stay, but do not touch anything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything has to be in the exact same place when I get back. And I will know. 
but again, kick back. <laughs> Have a great time. Yeah. I will be watching from the nanny cam. All four of them. <laughs> so soon, both girls are off to their adventures while Iris <laughs> swims in a giant pool, figures out the stereo, and gets her eyelashes touched by Jack Black. Amanda drives on the wrong side of the road, slugs wine from the bottle in public, sings Mr. Brightside at the top of her lungs, and has a stare-off with a dog. Which, this is where I draw the line. Like, give your house to a stranger, sure. Give them all your alarm codes, what could go wrong? But leave your dog with a stranger, with someone you had one single conversation with, in which all she wanted to know is, is there men? Like, <laughs> is there men in the town? I'm horrified. Somebody needs to call the ASPCA. And that's why the England police had to get involved. Also, like, where is that dog? I mean, who knows? Because Kate Winslet doesn't care about him. So, <laughs> right. Who knows where he's at now? The dog was not in the final scene, was it? So, not only is Iris a neglectful dog mom, but apparently just like a bad sister in general, because as it turns out, she went to LA without telling anyone, including her brother, who shows up on the cottage's doorstep as the British people say, properly pissed. (laughs) So now normally this would be the start of a horror movie, especially because Amanda literally did zero fact checking on his backstory. So this dude could quite literally be anyone, but it is Jude Law. So again, I get it. I would would also pull out the couch for him, if you know what I'm saying. Beyond. I don't care for them to make a sequel for this, but if they did, I would want this like realistic, thriller version that we're creating (laughs) to be like if this was in 2022 and realistic what would it look like it would be on like the id channel (laughs) she lit up a room wherever she went and then she let him inside of herself and her home and that was the last anyone saw welcome to the holiday (laughs) now amanda does give the caveat that she's not very good at sex and thinks foreplay is overrated, but soon they get no, to fucking okay. go ahead. I like that she tells him she's not very good at sex, but the fact that she says foreplay is overrated, you didn't have to say you're not very good at sex because foreplay is the best part. Between. So that just means nobody ate your box good and you don't know how to S a D. Nobody put the wangadoodle in the lady pond or whatever. <laughs> exactly. You said it, not yeah. me. That was concerning. Yeah. I feel bad for like the young, impressionable girls that were watching this movie and like probably saw that and were like, oh, well, I'll be like a cool girl and not do foreplay. And it's like, well, then I hope you have some lube, honey, because best of luck, best wishes to you. So the poor girls in 2006 are now like, okay, I must be coke thin and um, I have to uh, hate foreplay. I can't wait to be an adult. (laughs) Of all of the subplots, we could have seen out in this two and a half hour movie (laughs) i wish that she has sex with jude law and then she's like oh my god foreplay amazing sex is great i can enjoy myself i can cry and have an orgasm and they like allude to the fact that their sex is good but it was like i guess the sex was good without foreplay Yeah, it's like they want it to be a wholesome family movie while still making like half of the plot about a woman that's just getting fucked her entire vacation. Like that is this woman's plot. And the dream, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's fine. But like you can't make this a family Christmas movie then because then you're not exploring what that plot really is. Right. Just go full Sex in the City. Give us yeah, the rated R. I agree. And again, if this is a family movie, the kids, myself included, aren't going to make it past the first 30 minutes. <laughs> you can have the soft little intro, but then give us the stuff that we want, yeah. which is do Bob butt ass naked. <laughs> Agreed. Give us dong. Give <laughs> us dong. So speaking of Jude Law, can we just take a moment to talk about just like what a walking red flag he is in this movie? How? What? <laughs> You don't think that he's deeply troubling? No. There were so many things that were just setting off my little my little pussy hat. Uh, you wear it well. When he showed up to the house and, and didn't know, like you said, that, that she had left. Yeah. I just like, don't know if I could be like, oh, my sibling's gone. You want to fuck? It would be like, oh, he is very drunk, though, too, when he shows up, isn't yeah. he? Oh, that's okay. Never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would want to, like, text my brother on the side and be like, hey, uh, there's some bitch in your house. Is this real? You really did a swap? Are you okay? Do you need a wellness check? Is it a squatter? So nice that we can text now, because then it would be like, let me pull up the AOL and hear the err, and then be like, hey, are you all good? And then have to wait for their away message, just some angsty lyrics to go away and find out they're living their life in LA. Very true. I think he was honest about, I mean, besides about having kids, he was honest about everything else. He's like, I am a piece of shit. I don't call women back. I do this. I do that. So I think if you're honest about it, it's only a pink flag. Mm-hmm. 
But see, that's like the sneaky version of a fuck boy of like, I told you everything. I told you how I was. So you can't get mad when I am the very things that I said I was. But he says the following things. Number one, he says, I tend to hurt women just by being myself. Red flag. (laughs) He says that he has the classic male problem of no follow through and never remembers to call after a date red flag. He also says things like you get the most interesting girl award. <laughs> and he kind of co-signed the no foreplay thing. He did lose me when he said the no foreplay part. I was like, what in the dickens? The first time I watched this was like right after I came out and I didn't hear any of the stuff you just said because I think I was staring at Jude Law being like, oh my god, what if a man came into my place like yeah. that? Like, what, <laughs> da, 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 and all of a sudden like the sex scene was done. I was like, oh yeah, back to the movie. Like, no more Jude Law. So I didn't hear all these flags be because I was in a Jude trance. And <laughs> or you were already asleep. Yeah, the, the second and third viewing, for sure. <laughs> and again, to be clear, I heard all of those red flags and I would still hook up with him. But, you know, it is nice to point them out right, when I of see course. them. We have a platform here. Mm-hmm. So Amanda <laughs> promises that she's not going to fall in love, but then let go plays and all bets are off because there's beauty in the breakdown. See what I did there? No. Love it. Oh, God. Well, Donnie, if you don't like that joke, you are going to hate 90% of the commentary I give when I make you cover Garden State. So get ready. Buckle up. Well, I already hate 90% of you. So so that'll fit in well. And I remember I watched Garden State a long time ago, and I remember hating that movie. So I'm sure I still will. And I will not be almost famous again. Like, I'll know going into it. I will not like it. That's where you lost. But joke is on you, Chelsea, because Imogen Heap is a Grey's Anatomy music from like season one through three. So mm-hmm. I'm quite familiar. Oh, yeah, look like at you. where are we? Anytime I hear her, I think of the SNL parody of it. But mm-hmm. isn't it the OC with the mm, what uh-huh, you say? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, the parody is, but. <laughs> That's all I can think of with Miss Imogen. Wow. A real moment in the early 2000s. Truly. Now, is Imogen Heap a person or the whole band? I think it's just her. A person. Okay. You never know back then. No, that's true. With the kind of music Chelsea listens to, Ronald's now trying to be a band's name. Yeah. Yeah. It might be time for another uh, Club Skunk playlist on our Spotify. (laughs) It was never time for a first. So back to the movie. (laughs) So this unlikely relationship progresses and Amanda and... Oh, this is when I did look up what Jude Law's character's name is because I'm a professional. So his name is Graham. Mm -hmm. So Amanda and Graham get drunk and bone some more, go on a first date slash job interview, and open up about past traumas, including the fact that Amanda hasn't cried since she was 15 and her parents got divorced. Again, I remember that part when they're talking about, oh, we were so close. The three of us were so tight. And I was like, oh, and then she was, we were just so close. We were called ourselves like the three musketeers. And I was like, no, you didn't. (laughs) It's so corny and so gross. And then I lost all connection and then focused back on June. So I forgot about the no crying part. So thank you for reminding me. And you know what, Donnie? Circles become circles and it's starting to make sense of her just deciding she wants a vacation around the holidays because that is giving big only child energy of like, I do what I want. Ryan, are you an only child? You just looked at us. I was making sure my dog was okay. okay. I am the oldest of two siblings. This one is an only child behind me. You didn't give me only child energy, which is why I felt comfortable speaking my truth. (laughs) I was going to say thank you, but I don't know if that's how you respond to you didn't give me only child energy. But it is. As I said, painfully OCD. So those big eyes were for my dog jumping on the couch. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Patreon.com slash I am the cute one to see an adorable puppy. There you go. So the crying conversation... I used to be like this. Like before I had kids, I was not a crier. Mm. I could bottle it up, push it down, do everything. And then something like snapped in me. Many things snapped in me (laughs) when I had children. But now I cry all the time. And I remember when I was postpartum with my first daughter, they don't tell you like the first like five days after you give birth, you are a fucking crazy person because your hormones are all over the place. I cried like ugly cried sobbing at a Windex commercial. Oh, wow. But I have pulled it back a little bit since then. Just a little. I haven't, and I never gave birth. But I cry <laughs> at everything. I discovered crying in like 2015. Ooh. Again, still closet at the time. But then we were watching Marley and Me, and I got teared up. Oh. I mean, obviously, like, if you watch Marley and Me and you don't cry, like, 
your Bindi Irwin level of crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm going to be like, this is so neat to like feel. And then realize that I was just putting, you know, um, very packed down trauma mm. and feelings into uh, yeah. Marley and me. You know, it's kind of a rite of passage, those Marley and me tears. <laughs> Meanwhile, Iris has her very own meet cute. An absolute fossil of a man is lost in the middle of the road and can't find his way home. And after giving him a ride, Iris becomes besties with Arthur Abbott. Easily the best and most interesting character of this movie. I love him. This might sound hypocritical, and maybe it is, but I hate when people tell you what movies you have to watch because (laughs) I am a movie person. Donnie. And that's why for them to tell me like, oh, Donnie, you have to watch this. I watch everything. So if I haven't watched it, there's a reason I haven't. But when I tell you, Chelsea, what movie Mm -hmm. you should watch, I know you live under a rock. So that's, I'm like, hey, come out, watch this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But Abbott got on my nerves for that reason. Well, you know what they say. Sometimes the things we see in others reside in ourselves. I'll just leave it there. I love just observing this feud. This is so fun. <laughs> we like to keep our listeners on the edge of their seats. Do they love each other yeah. or will they murder each other? The answer is both. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. Calling all Virginia cuties. Mother Magnolia is a houseplant specialty boutique offering supplies and goods for novice self-proclaimed plant murderers to expert level plant parents. Educational and DIY workshops are offered for cuties in the area and virtual pay what you can plant consults are offered if you can't make it to Virginia. And with the holidays approaching, be sure to check out MotherMagnoliaPlants.com for their online shop. They've got everything you never knew you needed, from soil scoops and trellises to planty stickers, pins, cards, and apparel. That's MotherMagnoliaPlants.com. And to follow the journey, follow Mother Magnolia on TikTok, Mother Magnolia Plant Co. on Instagram and Facebook. I didn't need this old man, which and when I first met him, I was thinking like, shit, first there's Jack Black and now she's going to get with this guy. Like, hey, you can get a little better. Love yourself. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be with a dick that doesn't work probably. Like everything works with Viagra. And that's how we're plugging that into this. We are looking for sponsors. Use code yeah. cute one for 50% off your Viagra. Get those boners up, boys. <laughs> Dip it into a lady pond. Oh, Jesus. 
So during their time together, Arthur shares wild stories about his Hollywood career. They celebrate Hanukkah together with a colorful cast of characters who are all obsessed with Arthur's dead wife's ass. And through some tough love, Iris is reminded that she is not a best friend. She is a leading lady. So enter the unlikely leading man, Jack Black. He and Iris have a lot in common because he is also a pathetic loser in love with a person who clearly doesn't give a flying fuck about him. Wait, pause. When we found (laughs) out in that blockbuster that Shannon Sossaman was Jack Black's girlfriend, in the same scene that we get a Dustin Hoffman cameo, I gasped. Now, Chelsea's just staring at me. Do you know who Shannon Sossaman is? No. Now you just told me the context clues the girlfriend. But what else is she in? Name two. Name one, even. Name two. <laughs> I don't know. She's in this. That's one. Loopholes. <laughs> Ryan, do you know her from anything else? I'm like Googling it on the side <laughs> computer over here. I'm like, I'm so dumb that she's in that. No! <laughs> she's from 40 Days and 40 Nights. She's from A Knight's Tale. Shannon Sossaman had a moment in the early oh. 2000s. So for them to just plop her in this blockbuster... I really had the chills. It's like Mariah Carey with the whole, like, I do not know her. (laughs) (laughs) But while we're talking about Dustin Hoffman, nobody else is, but I am. His Mm -hmm. cameo was unplanned and not in the script, but he was driving by the blockbuster and saw that they were filming a movie. So he like pulled up and he was like, what are y'all filming? And when he saw it was Nancy Myers movie, she's his friend. So she's like, just come film the scene. And he did. That's so awesome. I know. I love that. Yeah. That was a fun little cameo. I know. I also read that when they were in that blockbuster, they pulled all the movies that the four of them were in from the shelves. <laughs> Just so oh. it wouldn't be this weird universe to where they're like, oh, Charlie's Angels is the holiday? <laughs> like, what happened? That makes sense. Yeah. Jack Black and Iris bond over vodka and misery over being attracted to someone who is no good for them. So while his wannabe actress girlfriend is a cheater... Jasper turns out to be an actual stalker, showing up unannounced to L.A. Creepy. But inspired by her time with Arthur, Iris finally acts like the leading lady she is and kicks him to the curb once and for all. Yeah, thank God. I knew it was going to happen, and I still (laughs) cheered. I didn't think anything was going to happen in this movie, so I was glad when something (laughs) did. (laughs) I was like, finally, a plot point. (laughs) So let's head back to the UK, shall we? So despite Amanda and Graham agreeing that their situation is too complicated to move forward, Amanda shows up unannounced at his door saying that she realized that a little complication never hurt anyone. (laughs) Wild behavior. It is wild, but when you keep in mind that this is like a, what, week, Uh, two week long bit, there are no rules. The game of life is fake. (laughs) And I think that's what you said. There's some red flags with Mr. Jude Law. But when it's like, I'm probably never going to see you again, I'm a problem, but let's go. Mm -hmm. Like, more power to you in that. Absolutely. Well, I did ask our cuties for the most embarrassing, pathetic, or crazy thing they've done for love. And as always, our cuties continue to deliver. (laughs) The first one is, I paid to get his car back after it got repossessed. (laughs) That was nice. Uh Uh-huh. That was very thoughtful. I flew to Venezuela to surprise him and ended up on vacation with him and his other girlfriend. (gasps) Now Uh you need to send that person a DM and ask if they had a threesome. Oh, like how did it end? Yeah, they left that pretty (laughs) open-ended. Invite them on next. (laughs) (laughs) I overlooked him calling me my then best friend's name during sex twice. Of course, it turned out he was cheating on me with her behind my back. Oh, my God. No, if you overlook twice, that's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. What do they say? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And as George (laughs) W. Bush said, you can't fool me again. (laughs) But also, he deserved to get caught. George Bush? Well, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Who? The guy who said the name twice, (laughs) circling back to the story. Got it, got it. If you are calling somebody the wrong name twice with the person you're cheating on, like, you deserve to get caught. You got to button that up. Yeah, that's when you put a sock in your mouth or something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, A couple more. I climbed through his window and waited on the couch for him to get home. He was cheating. Chilling. I mean, that's brilliant behavior. God bless you. We need more people like you in this world. However, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> I really hope they were like sitting in the dark. That's what I imagined. Like yeah. flicking on the lights, like, welcome home, sweetie. Mm-hmm. I needed a chair, spun around, sipping the tea. Maybe a cat. <laughs> it's like, why is there a cat in my house? Don't mind that. Let's talk about I don't know, 
There's a cat reference there somewhere. Speaking of pussies that shouldn't be. <laughs> oh, there we oh, good go. One, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Yes. yes. Got you. <laughs> okay, two more. I let my drug dealer boyfriend hide his car in my parents' garage. A family affair. Love that episode of Euphoria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then this last one made me laugh out loud. I got a perm. <laughs> Oh, God bless. Did he ask you to? There was no additional information. The submission was, got a perm, period. (laughs) Wow, okay. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, though, when Cameron Diaz shows up unannounced, Graham is not alone, but instead of revealing a wife, a mistress, or a nanny, that's a little Jude Law cheated on his wife with a nanny joke. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out he's a daddy, like a legit daddy. He is daddy. He has children. He might be a father, but I would not call Jude Law daddy in bed. I don't think I would either. Yeah, he's not a daddy. No. Thank you, Ryan. The debate rages on. (laughs) I think he's a daddy, not a zaddy. You know, I think it's the same thing. I know. Yeah. (laughs) But isn't zaddy like more money affiliated? Like, I think he would be a zaddy in the sense that he would just pay for my thing. (laughs) Can you say that again? Pay for my things. <laughs> na 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 na. Yeah, this is my baby dog voice, but then I also use it, I guess, now in the Oh, love that. Character development. Oh, Christ. <laughs> so after meeting Mr. Napkinhead, drinking hot chocolate, and laying in truly one of the most magical forts of all time, Amanda and Graham confirm what they already knew. This is too complicated to continue. <clears throat> so... Glad they brought two young girls with a dead mom into it. Like, how sweet and responsible of them to include these children into their little two-week fuck fest. And you know what's fucked? Just like before, if she wouldn't have emailed her at that time, if they wouldn't have called the dead mom the Three Musketeers, she would have never realized to end it. Like, why is everyone waiting on other people's cues not to make bad decisions? That is true. I know. That's why I said it. (laughs) And all of their tomfoolery is discovered by Iris, who confronts them on a very awkward three-way call, which I feel like she could have done more to give Cameron Diaz the heads up that, you know, like, my brother likes to frequent this pub. He's known to be fucking everything. So just be careful if he shows up on your doorstep. He does look like Jude That Law. was literally the only thing Cameron Diaz asked. But again, going back to the whole stranger thing, I don't know you. I don't uh, owe you anything. Like, this is more of a selfish thing that I'm trying to get out of town. You're right. Like, yeah. you know, get yours, girly, I guess. Never see you again and lock up when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do forget her head was literally in an oven. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so as Iris is settling in as her new role as Arthur's BFF, because yes, this is also a storyline that happens in this movie, <laughs> she discovers that he has been invited to an evening with Arthur Abbott where he is to be celebrated for his achievements and impact in Hollywood. And it turns out that Arthur has been ghosting them because he doesn't want to be seen as an old geezer who can't walk. So we get our very own movie montage as Arthur bulks up for the big day. Beautiful. Our very own Rocky. No, walk to remember. I have to confess, i never <gasps> seen this part. Oh. I was in REM sleep at this point. Wow. But good for you, Arthur! <laughs> so everything has been leading up to this, and on the night of the gala, Arthur struts his little ass across that stage, gets his award, everyone is inspired, moved, delighted, Ryan was asleep, <laughs> and then, inspired by Arthur's bravery, Miles and... By the way, in case uh, the cuties listening are keeping up, that is Jack Black's <laughs> character's name, Miles. Wonderful. Asks Iris out on a date for New Year's. And back in London, Amanda finally cries, which tells her a long-distance relationship spanning two different continents involving a single dad <laughs> and his two small children is totally doable. <laughs> happy New Year's, everyone. A happy ending for all. Um. Pause for a second. I have trivia here. Cameron Diaz said in all of the movies she's ever done, she said this is the most physically demanding movie she's ever done because of how much they made her run through those fields and stuff. Wow. Even above Charlie's Angels? That's what she said. Wow. Never underestimate those London fields, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Question. Yeah. How long are we giving both of these couples? Do we think they stay together? Are they endgame? How long are we giving them before they break up? 
If I was Jack Black, it would be New Year's Day. Imagine you flew across the world to spend New Year's Eve with your new woman that you're falling in love with, and then you find that you're staying in for the night at an intimate family gathering with your girlfriend's brother and his daughters. That is not okay. Wait, so are you saying they would end it on New Year's Day? I would. After that, I'd be like, I came all the way. I'm dipping wang doodles into Lady Ponds tonight, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not hanging out with these two little girls. Yeah. Laying down looking at fake stars. See, I think they have more of a chance than the other two. Oh, 1,000%. They're both too hot for their own good. And once they're back in the opposite sides of the world, there's no chance. Flights are expensive in general, but then are you going to be bringing your children to L.A.? I I'm, like can't imagine meeting someone right now, and I'm having two kids and be like, can we come on this couch? Or not come on this couch. Oh, no. <laughs> stay on this couch. Like, that's such a big commitment right. for someone that you just met during your fuck fest. That's right. true. Yeah. Like, well, I've met Mr. Napkinhead. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to be a mom. But if there are any single gay men listening, there are exceptions. So slide into my DMs and we can figure it you out. You can more. come on Ryan's couch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. On that note, final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to be? So normally I'm polite and I let the guests go first, but I have like tea first and then i'll just slide into mine so earlier this week the daily mail reported that a sequel with the original cast was on the way and then nancy myers came to instagram quickly and she was like i received so many dms this is not true i apologize so a sequel is not coming so because of that i made a remake instead which i think is totally unnecessary (laughs) we do not need to remake this if we found a way to do a sequel Sure. But Nancy Meyer said no, so I will recast the remake. In which case, I casted Kate Winslet as Mindy Kaling, Jack Black as Lakeith Stanfield, Cameron Diaz as Constance Wu, and Jude Law as Robert Pattinson. Okay, I will go next, Donnie, because I feel like our flu brains, something has happened here. I also had Robert Pattinson being Jude Law. Wow. So there's one. Okay. Ding! Let's see the, the first time thing. ever. Okay, the rest of it. <laughs> so I have Miss Flo as Iris. Oh, okay. I've said this person before, but I just saw her in Bodies, 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 and now I want her in like everything. But Amanda Steinberg mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz's character. Okay. I just realized Miss Flo was not progressive Miss Flo, but for <laughs> you. Yes, <laughs> yes, correct. I'm that like, is correct. What, what is the tie to like, maybe I missed a bit or that something. That was very <laughs> sweet of you continue. to just like <laughs> sit in polite silence while you thought I was like, literally mm, casting that the progressive That sounds commercial. like a movie I would definitely No, watch. I do think <laughs> Flo from the progressive commercials would be good as Kate Winslow's part though. <laughs> yeah. How do we mute you? <laughs> <laughs> On your podcast. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. We're usurping you, Donnie. You can politely leave. It's me and Ryan's show now. Okay. Take a breath, Donnie. Get ready for this. You're not going to like it. If she says Pete Davidson, I'm going to flip out. It's not Pete Davidson. But keeping in theme with Jack Black, the aura of him, and that he was chosen for this character, I think Jonah Hill would be him. Okay, I think moving I'm okay on. Okay, with that. Okay. okay, go ahead. And then the last one for the older Hollywood icon, I'd love to see Lily Tomlin. Oh, okay. Oh, I do yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay, wait. My idea was that we switch the cast of White Lotus with Abbott Elementary. <laughs> so it's not necessarily switching vacation homes, but switching roles. So <laughs> Abbott Elementary teachers get to go vacation at the White Lotus, <gasps> and then the season two White Lotus <laughs> cast has to come work at Abbott Elementary. And that's their, like, vacation to (laughs) get away from everything. And I think it would be similar to, who's that girl from Kimmy Schmidt, Alexis, that's in Kevin Can Fuck Himself, I think is the show on AMC, where part of it's, like, a sitcom, Uh but part of it's, like, a drama. That's how it would be filmed. So, like, the Abbott Elementary would be the drama with the White Lotus people, and then vice versa. Uh, I love that. That's where my head went today. (laughs) Wonderful. Are you sure you're not sipping on hot toddies and or Dayquil? Because you're really, we're aligned in a lot of ways today. My back was messed up today, so I have a lot of bath salts today in the bath. I thought you were just about to admit some Florida bath salts, like BRB might eat a man later. That's what I thought bath salt was. It's not? Not the one that I did. (laughs) He said not the one that I did. (laughs) Or maybe I did the wrong. (laughs) 
I need to research. <laughs> so final, final thoughts. What for us about this movie aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? Blockbuster was that I just met you guys, but if all of a sudden you were to be like, oh, I'm just going to go across the pond with no connection to get in touch with you other than AOL. <laughs> Like, what? no, do you have a death wish? I just don't think yeah. that that would no. fly today at all. I agree. Yeah. Obviously, with there being Airbnb now, a little different. Yeah. The premise doesn't yeah. really make a whole lot of sense. But overall, I feel like it does age pretty well. I agree. When Nancy cleared up about not doing the sequel, she talked about how she tries to make all of her movies very timeless. And the one thing that slipped in this movie was that they included you mentioned this the blackberry mm. earlier on like which is obviously now more of like an artifact and some people listening that are younger are probably like what the hell like why they have talking about fruit <laughs> because one of them's the co-host that's why yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no that is true but at the time i feel like we were like well blackberries aren't going anywhere yeah. certainly not Fair. for as much shit as we just talked i will still watch this movie again probably not in its entirety in one single watch mm-hmm. but Love I can't it. wait to fall asleep to it again. Yeah, it's a nice three-day event. Yeah. <laughs> you have a week to kill. I got a movie for you. Does Cameron Diaz, has she retired? Um, She's coming back. Yeah, she has a movie coming out next year with like three other people that are relatively famous. But she hasn't done anything since Annie in 2014. Wow. Yeah, I, I miss her. I think Jamie Foxx pulled her out. She did. Did you ever watch that talk show with Kevin Hart? She was on that one, Heart to Heart oh, or no. something. She talked, like, it's, like, 40-minute interviews, and it was actually really interesting to kind of hear, like, what she's doing now, which I think is more, like, wine endeavors. I'll buy a bottle. (laughs) Well, thank you, Ryan, for coming on. This was a particularly uh, unhinged vibe and episode, so thank you for hanging in there with us. Where can everybody follow you, support you, all the things? Pimp yourself out. Yeah, on TikTok and Instagram at rysick, R-Y-S-I-C. Wonderful. Thank you. So next week we will be covering While You Were Sleeping in honor of Christmas. Uh-huh. I've never seen it. Is it a Christmas movie? It is. And it's so good. Sandra Bullock. I thought you were going to say in honor of Sandra Bullock because we can honor her every week. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a Christmas movie. Fuck Bindi Irwin. <laughs> God bless Sandy B. And that's my stance. Vote for me for president. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with us. We love you guys. We will see you next week. Talk to you later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash one. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.